Historically and today, our country has been overrun by those with money and power, giving little voice to the everyday American. We're here to change that. Welcome to All Rise, the Libertarian Way with retired Judge Jim Gray. Each week, our program addresses the problems we are facing in our country, as well as thought-provoking and effective libertarian solutions. This could change the way you see opportunities in your life and your children's lives as well. Now, here is Judge Jim Gray. Hello and welcome wherever you are in our great country or around the world. As stated, this is Judge Jim Gray on the Voice America Variety Channel, and it's just really exciting always to be with you, share some thoughts uh, for this other edition of All Rise. As you know, if you've listened before, and I hope you uh, feel it right away, if in fact we employ libertarian values, choice, responsibility, uh, treat equal people equally, and don't tread on me, in fact, don't tread on anybody, we will all end up all rising together. And that's the whole idea. Uh, we have today uh, just another exciting, courageous, actually boots on the ground person named Cecilia Iglesias. And she is a parent in Santa Ana, California, and has just taken it upon herself to help so much in empowering, and that's exactly the word I want to use, empowering parents to choose where their children will be educated. You just just ask yourself the question, uh, who is in a better position to decide where and how your child should be educated, you or the government? And I've never had anyone answer that question other than, no, it's the parents. And okay, maybe some parents are more involved and dedicated than others. Okay, I grant that. But if some people decide, hey, this school isn't working, I want to go to a neighboring school that does work, that is that is successful in providing excellence for the education of my child, uh, That those children play with other parents' children. They're going to want to go there as well, in effect, if only on a coattails issue. But we must decide. Because today we have just an outrage going on with regard to some schools that are failing our children nationwide. And regretfully, frequently, the they are found in the lower economic areas because those people don't have as much power to control uh, the excellence in their schools. And so they are failing our children, and that will label them and saddle them basically as underemployable for the rest of their lives in a lot of ways. But if you bring that choice, if you bring them that empowerment to choose where their government money will be spent, uh, as we've said previously on this show, uh, that will bring excellence because the poor schools will get better or they'll go out of business and other people will come in and take the lead and bring that excellence. Uh, you may recall back on August 2nd of 2019, my guest on this All Rise show was Robert Enlow, who's the director of EdChoice. And he took over from that wonderful man, Dr. Milton Friedman, in spearheading school choice. So if you haven't already, you might link up with him and, uh, and that fine group. But that is in the past. Today, excitingly enough, we have Cecilia Iglesias, uh, who is that boots on the ground, involved with the uh, California Policy Center and other matters, including parent union projects. So with that, uh, Cecilia Iglesias, good morning. Thank you for being with us here on All Rise. Good morning, Judge Gray. Yes, and definitely um, it's about time that parents take the, uh, you know, take control of the steering wheel and, and, and start deciding for their children where they want to send their children. 
especially like you said in the the um, most affected communities, which is the minority communities. Um, unfortunately, many of our parents don't know that they have the right and how to exercise exercise those rights, and that's why I'm very passionate about um, advocating for the parents and empowering them on how to on how to exercise those rights. And that's how we started the uh, the parent union here in Santa Ana because many of the parents didn't know they had those rights, and also they were being um, they were being attacked in a way that they if they chose to, you know, take their kids out of the district schools and enroll them in charter schools, public charter schools, they were being um, pressured by the district and, you know, coerced, telling them lies, telling them, you know, you take your, your child out, you know, taking them to a charter school. They're not going to take care of your kid like we do here. And um, But the reason the parents decided to take many of their, you know, take their kids to the opportunities of a public charter school is because they weren't getting what they um, what they wanted at the at the district schools. Yes, and of course, but let's take a couple of steps back. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, who is Cecilia Iglesias? Okay, well, Cecilia, I am I have I am a um, immigrant from El Salvador. I came here, you know, when I was seven, and uh, the reason my mom brought us here is because for um, opportunities here in America and. Definitely one of those opportunities. It's always the educational opportunities that provides you the opportunities for, you know, the bigger dream. And um, so I grew up here in Santa Ana, uh, graduated uh, the uh, public um, district school here in Santa Ana, went to Santa Ana College, graduated with a bachelor's in human services from Cal State Fullerton. And um, I worked for the County of Orange for about 20 years. So it's my service has always been public service. And so I've been, you know, um, involved as a social worker. So that's where my passion comes into helping individuals. I'm also a mother of a um, 17-year-old who attends um, Santa Ana Public Charter Schools. And also I'm a former Santa Ana School Board member. I was elected in 2012. Um to serve on the school board, re-elected in 2016, but in 2018, I got an opportunity to run for city council, so currently I'm a um, sitting council member here in the city of Santa Ana. And you're just obviously public-minded, and, and thank you for all of that, and, and in effect, it's kind of a citizen soldier. You are, you're not trying anything for yourself, you're just trying to help other people, and, and that's what public service is all about. Are you familiar by chance with the Nicholas Academic Center in Santa Ana and uh, what we've been able to do there for our, uh, our students? Yes. I know that um, the, the Nicholas Academic Center, actually we also have two um, in the Santa Ana School District and we had one at like at Valley High School and I believe we opened one at um, um, Century High School, and I know we have one in downtown that serves the you know more students, not just Santa Ana School District. But you guys do an amazing job um, providing um, students with mentors and how to um, stay focused and you know realize the dream of getting to college. And also, you provide support after, which is awesome, awesome. That's what what our kids need here in our, well, in our city. Cecilia, in effect, 
it's uh, the academic center now is run by our graduates and uh, that Rosa Diaz was an in, was a guest on All Rise back on December 6th of 2019 and she said something that was just just stand out which is there's nothing special about me i mean now she's gone to uh, college she's gotten her masters in teaching that sort of thing but there's nothing special about me i didn't see the opportunities i didn't see the possibilities until they were exposed to me and then with some mentoring and some some tutoring uh, she has just been a phenomenal success and that's what you're talking about you know we we need we're we're, we're losing the the, the presence, the assets of the minds of our children, because if they don't get excellence in schools, uh, they just can't excel. So you told us about charter schools. What is a charter school for those people that don't know? Explain what that means, please. A charter school is a uh, public option that parents have um, in California and in other parts of the, the country. But um, in California, especially here in Orange County, is opportunities for those parents that are um, that want their child to experience a different educational environment. Um, there are options for parents to send or enroll their child in these schools. They're public schools. They're free of charge. They um, they they're independently run, and I believe that's the biggest difference because they're independently run. They don't they're they're not um, reporting to the uh, you know, like to the school board, um, and also they allow their teachers to teach. And it, it is very different, and it's smaller classrooms, and that's why a lot of the uh, opponents of charter schools, public charter schools, they'll tell you that, you know, it's, it's a private school, it's, that, you know, it's for-profit, but um, on the contrary, uh, the ones that are here in Santa Ana, they're all non-profit, and they're the ones that are, you know, providing parents that that their kids haven't had an opportunity to excel in their district or neighborhood school to have this opportunity to take them there. And, and they've seen the growth in academic um, excellence. So they're, they're a good option for parents, and um, I support them if the parent, that's what the parent chooses. I support them, and, and also with the parent union, what we do, we provide them that opportunity to understand more what, um, what they're getting into when they go into a charter school. And a lot of the parents, they... They love it. And one thing is that, you know, if they don't like it at the charter school, they could always go back to their district school. So it's always the parents' choice, and that's what, that's what we're about with the parent union is supporting parents for them to do the, you know, for them to um, choose the best educational environment for their child. Well, you show me, I, I've always felt this, and I learned this from my parents, but you show me a school with good parent involvement, I will show you a good school. And that's that's critically important, but you said that, in effect, it's independently run. That's not quite true. It's really more run by the parents instead of by the government, and, and that oh, has mm-hmm. to make an enormous difference. Correct, and I guess it's a non-government run school, correct, yes. And indeed. So you also said allow teachers to teach. We had a fine school. I'm a lot older than you are, Cecilia, but back in the 1950s, early 1960s, we had excellence in schools, really, in my opinion, pretty much around the country. But then the government started getting more and more involved. And when that happens, like we've seen no child left behind programs sound good, but we have to hearken back to Milton Friedman's comment that we should judge our programs or our schools by their results, not their good intentions. And you get more and more government involvement. Now the teachers will start teaching for 
for the test, you know, because they know that their livelihood is at stake if the child, children don't do well in English or, or mathematics, but then they get away from the social studies. They get away from other things. They don't get that broad round education. The parents will demand, of course, reading, writing, arithmetic as well, but they get more involved and get more excellence from the schools. So it, it, I, I anticipate that I can argue you into the fact that parental involvement and parental control uh, on independent schools is far better than having the government oversee this with all that bureaucracy. Is, is that basically ring true with you, Cecilia Iglesias? It does, but I, I would have to say with um, parents in our community, uh, parental involvement, but it's like what kind of parental involvement? What I saw when I was on the school board was that, um, you know, parental involvement meant, okay, come in and help me um, in, in the classroom and just, um, you know, copies. And, you know, there was nothing really significant, in my opinion, um, versus, um, you know, so in our schools, it was more of a, okay, let us control, we the staff, we the, you know, unfortunately that's how it is now, we the, you know, the district know better on how we're going to teach your child versus, like, with the public charter schools, it's so different. So even some of the parents, like, I know that their control is, okay, I had that opportunity to choose, knowing that my child wasn't performing in the district school, that I could bring him here, and I know that you will take care of them. Because many of our families, unfortunately, the Latino families, don't really know what questions to ask and what to, you know, what to, um, what to expect. So um, I know the, the 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 reason that the, the the difference is because when I said independently run, and also I guess I wanted to say more about their non-union schools versus you know with the district you're saying their government so they're tied to a union they could only do so much because if not then they're out of classification they're they can't work over you know over six you know the, the number of hours that they're working because they're also going to have to get paid more money versus at the charter schools they're they're giving that flexibility, whatever it takes to to teach that child so you can have, you know, so they can be academically successful and, and ensure that the, the family is involved. So I see that more of a, of a, of the differences in both and why many of the parents have chosen public sure. charter schools. Well, how did you happen to become involved with school choice? Because it's it's facing all of us, but but few people understand it like you do. How, what caught your attention? How did you get so involved in this movement? Of course, to help our children get their classic education. How did it happen? Well, with me, it was the fact that I'm a parent um, in Santa Ana. Um, I remember my son was in second grade. Uh, you know, you have to start looking whether he's going into um, middle school. And I remember in second grade, my the second grade teacher told me, actually my first, the first grade teacher, sorry, she said, like, yeah, have you thought of where he's going to go into middle school? I'm like, oh my gosh, that's you know, like four years away. He goes, yeah, but you know, I I would advise you to put him start applying for a fundamental school. I said, a fundamental school, what's that? And then I started looking at fundamental schools, and, and fundamental schools are with an options within the district in Santa Ana, which they're more structured, they're more. Um, held accountable at a higher standard, both the parent, the student, and the, 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 the staff. So it's kind of like um, they're, they're expected to succeed. And, and the kids, you know, who have, like, the um, higher academic achievements when it comes to reading and writing, 
So when I applied, it took me two years, even within the school district, two years for him to get accepted into a fundamental school. And um, so once he got accepted in fourth grade, he, um, he was able to go the route of a fundamental school. So I knew there was choice. But what really got me was when, you know, when my son was in fourth grade, when he got it, um, when he got into fourth grade, it's like, what happens to the other parents that don't get in? What about them? And that's when, you know, I started getting more involved, and that's when there was an opportunity um, uh, on the school board, you know, to run for, for a seat. And, you know, I was able to, I was able to understand, and I was like, this is not right. You know, I know I'm doing the best that I can and the most that I can to have the best education for my son. I know there were other parents that when they didn't get that lottery, they were heartbroken because, you know, they, they, every parent wants the best for their child. So then that's how I started getting involved. And then definitely as, as more as I got, you know, in, in 2012 when I got elected for school board, then I started getting involved more with uh, what's other options. And that's when I, uh, I was being approached by the charter schools that, that were already authorized and I got to know more about them. And then I got to see the opposition, especially from the teachers' union. So um, when I saw that, it's like, you know what, this is not right. You cannot stop a parent from choosing what's best for you. Because I would ask him, I said, where does your child go to school? Many of them, they didn't bring him into our schools. I said, why not? If you really believe in our schools, why aren't your children in our schools? And so when I started standing up for them, you know, standing up for parents, yeah, of course, I, was, I started being criticized and, you know, and constantly opposition. But parents love the fact that, now they're more informed and a bit. They know they have choices here, you know, especially here in Orange County. And um, and I'm going to be there for them. And that's why, you know, I'm very happy that a lot of the parents have um, supported me and the parents, the parent union, because now they know that when we come to a school board meeting or we come to any other meeting with our, you know, with our uniform, I call it with our yellow scarf from school choice, they know we mean business. Is that right? You actually have a uniform when you go to public meetings, and uh, you're wearing what? Wearing yellow? Is that what you said? Yeah, we wore, we wore, got our uniform. We wore the yellow scarf for school <laughs> choice. Fabulous! So they fabulous know it's a, it's a parent union, and it's interesting because the school district, um, both Anaheim and um, Santa Ana Unified School District, they saw that we started wearing the yellow scarves. I mean, we wear them everywhere. So then they started wearing, you know, the red scarf. So you know how they call it, the red for Ed? It's like, oh, my gosh, really, the oh. original. <laughs> oh. You know, I, I've, I've said this for a long time, Cecilia, that we as a country have to make a choice as to what the purpose is of our educational system. On the one hand, mm-hmm. to educate our children, you know, what a concept. Or on the other, to protect below-average teachers. And guess what we're doing today? And, and it, it comes out really blatantly in the city of New York last year. They spent something in the order from the school funds of $10 million to pay teachers not to teach. That, in fact, nobody mm-hmm. wanted them. They were below standard. They'd gotten into difficulties, but they couldn't have been fired. And so they actually pay them to go to an auditorium or someplace all day, and they can read, they can gossip, they can uh, <clears throat> play bridge, whatever, and, and no school district wants them. So we're simply paying millions of dollars to, to these 
teachers not to teach because they can't be fired. Boy, I'd rather use that money for, for reading, writing, and arithmetic. I'm sure you've seen that sort of thing, too. Tell it. And it really emanates, and, and I believe in unions, but it, it emanates from the teachers' unions that are jealous to keep their members from being fired. Uh, is that what you have found, too? And is that where you see the opposition and really the smear campaign that comes uh, to school choice or to school charters? Yeah, um, unfortunately, like you know, like I said, um, the, the teachers' union, they're there just to protect our members, uh, the adults. Uh, they try the least to provide the, um, the benefits for the classroom, for the student, and for the, uh, for the parent and family. You know, not not all teachers. You know, my son has had great teachers in in our district schools, but he, as as a board member, I I saw some some you know, I would say unfortunate mismanagement of our funds because, like you were saying, there are some teachers that get paid and um, they go on um, paid admin leave, and um, we're paying them just for doing nothing, and it's a, and it's and it's a shame because um, in any other job, you know, private sector is like you know you're not cutting it, you're not cutting it, you know either shape up or get out, and in my philosophy when I went on the school board, and that's one of the reasons why I started getting criticized, because I'm very fiscally conservative, and I and I look at the budget, it's like, okay, can is it a need or is it a want? And also, okay, um, and if you want, you know, um, a pay increase, let it be like a merit increase, it's, you know, pay for performance. And when, when I started asking those questions, oh my gosh, everybody just came at me, it's like, how dare you question our teachers, how dare you question our staff, you don't, you don't value us, and I'm like, it's not that I don't value you, it's just I'm seeing the outcome. I mean, these are, these are um, scores that we, we report to the state as a district, and um, in Santa Ana, only um, 30% of our kids were reading and math proficient. I said, so what does that mean? That 70% of our kids are failing. I said, and that's not right. I said, why is it? I mean, we get the most money in the, in the county. And yet our kids are the ones that are suffering have the least. I said, and the reason we got that extra money, which was $108 million when, you know, the whole local control funding formula was top 30, uh, we got $118 million additional a year. I said, that was for us to fill that gap of, you know, the, the kids like from Irvine and Tustin that have those resources. It wasn't for us to give, uh, you know, automatic raises to our to our staff, it was for us to provide those resources. But unfortunately, um, yeah, they don't. You know, they don't like what I had to say. So I've always, I was always in constant um, attack and opposition by by the teachers' union. And um, and uh, and you know, one thing I was looking at there's the in the budget interim that uh, interim budget that came in December. I was looking at it, and sure enough, right now it's like you know they're lo- they are. Um, declining enrollment with, with kids. And, um, and what I said, it's, you know, one day it's going to catch up to us. And sure enough, I think they're at that place right now that I think they're looking at, um, cutting $51 million in their budget next year. Well, it comes down, government comes down to money and of course, who gets it Mm -hmm. and the rest. I, I, Excuse me. I had a, a personal experience when I was actually running for vice president of the United States as a libertarian in 2012, and I found myself in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and uh, I was talking about school choice. And 
people started kind of waving their fingers at me and they said, no, Judge Gray, actually, uh, that doesn't apply here. We've had school choice back for about the last six or seven years. We don't have any bad schools anymore. The, the poor schools have gotten better or they've been replaced by others because we can choose. In effect, we're empowered to choose where our government money is going to be spent. But if you analyze this, and I, I bet, Cecilia, you've noticed this as well. <clears throat> Teachers that are doing a good job, they're not dumb. They realize there's more money in the administration than there is in teaching. So the better teachers actually are taken out of the classroom and put into administration. And I'll bet you every public school is top-heavy with administrators. You won't find any private schools that are that way. They're, they're stronger people are actually in the classroom. They only have about half of the administrators than they do in public schools. Have you noticed that as well? Um, yes, uh, when I was on the school board, yes, I noticed that we had a lot of um, admin, and, you know, we had, like, the assistant to the assistant. It's just too many, <laughs> too many um, staff members at that level. And, um, and uh, you know, but here in California, I would say um, our teachers are paid well for doing their job. And, um, and especially in, um, in, you know, in Santa Ana. Um, I would say it was about sixty percent of our teachers were making over a um, uh, hundred thousand yeah. dollars, and well, uh, just their salary and plus their benefits, it was you know way over one hundred and twenty five, hundred thirty. And so the thing is, yeah, you know they um, they may say like you know we don't pay our teachers well, but it, it, here in Santa Ana, I don't I don't see that, um, or even in, in California because I know they're they're uh, they're well compensated. Um, that's why the, the the teachers at the charter schools, you know, they, they they mirror pretty much, you know, what the district schools. They get paid less than the ones in the, you know, at the at the district schools. But they love the way that they're, able, you know, they, they're they're more free to run their classroom just to ensure that they provide results. Sure. So they just well, they, they just have the flexibility. Being a teacher is just a wonderful position. I admire teachers. I love teachers. But we want to have teachers, of course, that produce. And under this school choice idea, charter schools, good teachers will thrive, that they will get paid more. In fact, if one school isn't paying them what they should be paid, another school will lure them over because now we're into competition. Competition works. Take out your cell phone or take out your computer or your automobile. You know, we don't have government involvement in those things, at least, well, a little bit too much, but we don't, because then if you fail, you start losing because people won't buy your product. So the worst products go down and the better products exceed and they excel. That's what we need in schools, that we competition brings excellence in the private sector. Otherwise, they go out of business. They pay a price for bad decisions for poor performance. So that's the, the total issue here. We care about our children so much. We care about parents and teachers so much. We want them all to thrive. And that's what school choice would bring. And we're talking with Cecilia Iglesias of the California Policy Center of the Parent Union Project, who's made of gold from my standpoint. She's bringing that excellence to schools in Santa Ana, California, and there's happening all around the country. We'll talk about more of this exuberance after these few messages. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Libertarian Party is the third largest political party in the United States, and it's more successful than ever. We don't just talk the talk of individual liberty and free markets. We also walk the walk. Libertarian Party candidates are getting elected to office across the United States, and we are making a difference. The Libertarian Party is also the only third party that routinely has ballot access in every state. Our achievements and influence grow every year, and you can be part of that success. You can register as a Libertarian Party voter in your state to help us achieve easier ballot access. You can also visit lp.org today to become a member of the Libertarian Party, no matter which party you register with. Join the Libertarian Party today at lp.org. Together, we can move mountains. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. You are listening to All Rise, the Libertarian Way with retired Judge Jim Gray. To find out more about Judge Gray, visit JudgeJimGray.com. That's JudgeJimGray.com. Now, back to All Rise. Well, welcome back. Again, this is Judge Jim Gray with my esteemed guest, Cecilia Iglesias, talking about school choice, charter schools, excellence in education, and, and all the rest. But I have been asked by my wife to bring in a little bit of silliness into the show, and this is usually when I do it. Uh, after, by the way, you just heard the theme from Americans All, which is actually a musical that I wrote that's been performed by Irvine High School, Vanguard University, and others, and it me- is meant to help mentor our students, and it, it just teaches them to to be excellent, to look at your future, and, uh, and get along, and, and just put out your best. It's kind of fun, so if you ever want to, you can visit judgejimgray.com, and you can actually hear the songs for Americans all, and I'm proud of it. But to get into that silliness, I understand that someone was recently commenting to a a parent saying that, I notice you have three girls, and you named them Faith, Hope, and Charity. Why did you do that? And the parent responded, well, I was going to name them Surely, Goodness, and Mercy, but I thought they'd follow me all the days of my life. (laughs) So, okay, that's... And that's the best I can do at the moment. Uh, thanks, Grace, my <laughs> wife. But but we're back discussing school choice, bringing excellence, bringing competition of all things, competition into schools where everyone will profit. Certainly, the the children will do better. They'll learn better. If they don't, they'll go to a school, be taken to a school uh, that that is better. The the poor schools will get better or go out of business. And good teachers thrive as well. So the only people that are thriving today uh, that uh, would not be in the school choice program are the teachers that can't teach. And and I think that they should go on into a different area. Or some of them, candidly, they're human. They know they can't be fired, so they get a little bit lazy. They kind of kick back and and uh, teach the same way that they have for the last. 12 years. And in the meantime, progress is is not being made there. So uh, we have Cecilia 
uh, Iglesias with us. Iglesias basically means churches, as I understand it in, in Spanish, and she <laughs> yeah. is the, it's the church, the church of good schools. So, so bless you for that. But if you'll notice, you know, you have these issues about choice, about individual schools being able to come into a community that where the schools are failing. How would that be? Well, if the te- if the parents almost literally hold up this piece of paper saying, this is a choice, this is a voucher in which I can spend a government money for my school. If you have about maybe 300 parents in a community holding up those vouchers, I assure you that the private sector will start bringing in a good school because they want that, that money. They want that, that uh, ability to, to profit which is a good thing. but So it could be a school, not everybody wants their children or feels their child will become a doctor in economics or, or in philosophy. Uh, maybe some want to go to occupational schools. I want a skill. My, my child is really good at mechanics. He would like to be an aircraft mechanic. She would like to be a computer programmer. She's not going to go into economics. And But there aren't today those vocational school opportunities for our children. Germany has those schools and they're thriving. They're, they're bringing people out that have a skill. It could also be a military school, a religious school, as long as they, of course, don't, don't teach uh, uh, you know, philosophy to, to uh, harm people. But, but uh, there'll be some regulations and control. But ch- parents should be able to choose. And I'm, I'm sure, Cecilia, are you aware, uh, for example, of that really good uh, school, uh, Academy of the Arts, the OSHA school here in Orange County? Tell us a little bit about that school, how it's done, and uh, what its future is at the moment. Um, well, I know the um, Orange County High School, the Arch, is a, it's a good school here in the city of Santa Ana. The, not a good school, it's an excellent school that has been um, providing opportunities for kids who are artistic um, to be able to excel in what they do, and they've been very high-performing. I believe they are the top um, number one rated when it comes to academic achievement. Uh, they have been very... Uh, uh, well uh, administered, I would say, and also uh, parents want to put their kids into that school because they feel that you know these kids are getting these opportunities that they couldn't in, in our regular district schools. Um, but unfortunately, uh, right now, I know the school district, uh, the board, they're challenging them on, on a few aspects. I believe it's more on the, um, the special ed and how they're that how they. They claim that they owe them money, but it's just, I think it's a, um, it's just a reason for them just to try to tackle what's, you know, what's working and then just make them like that. But, um, I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, if they don't get approved at the, um, reauthorized at the district level, then they're going to appeal to the Orange County Department of Education. There's a lot of parents that are very upset because, what the school district is doing is, you know, limiting their choices, and it's it's like, you know, no, we're we're good with what we have. There are kids. Let us decide what's best for our kids. And um, that the parent population at OSHA, though, they're very involved. So I know it's if it doesn't happen at the um, school district level, it is going to get reauthorized at the Orange County Department of Education. Yes, indeed. By the way, to our audience, 
uh, we are hearing a young lady who is living, pursuing, and living the American dream. She has come here as an immigrant, she said, was six or seven years old, and immigration has really helped our country. People come here because they want to have better life for themselves and for their children. Uh, you may recall that on January 24th of 2020, we had Ambassador Gaddy Vasquez, who was also had been the director of the Peace Corps, and his parents were immigrants. Immigrants makes our country strong and, and the rest. Uh, I wouldn't provide welfare to them, but boy, provide them an opportunity to thrive, to pursue that American dream. And by doing our school choice, by bringing excellence, we all benefit. We, we all rise literally together. But you had mentioned something earlier, Cecilia, that uh, the children are expected to succeed in your charter schools. Boy, that to be cursed with low expectations is just a disaster. And again, we go back to the Nicholas Academic Center, mentoring our children, showing them the possibilities, expecting them to succeed. They will meet that expectation. Have you found a difference between public school schools with regard to expecting their children to succeed as opposed to charter schools or private schools? Yes, uh, I, I believe that you know in the uh, in the district schools they all they're all going to tell you we expect our kids to succeed too, but they don't provide them those added resources that they need um, because going back to what I said, it's kind of like a lot of people don't want to work. I mean, they're not allowed to work at a classification. They're not allowed to work more than what their contract tells them. You know, by the teachers' union, by the um, uh, classified employees union. So it's always run by a union and a contract on the adults. And that's what makes them, um, it makes it hard for them to really meet the needs of the student. Versus yes. at the public charter schools, they're expected and they are supported every step of the way to make sure that they're, that they're successful. Like I know most of the charter schools in, um, in Santa Ana, it's like a child, you know, can't get less than a C, than a C, you know, while they're going into their progress into, like, their semester grade. And when they start seeing that they're falling to a C, it's like, you know, they put in all, all of the things because they don't want them to. Versus at the district schools, kids are even graduating with Ds. And, you know, so, yeah, so they, they claim, you know, we have the highest graduation rate. But, yeah, but your child is graduating with Ds and Fs. I mean, so just because they're getting older and they're graduating doesn't mean that they're really um, ready to meet the challenges of becoming, you know, a successful contributor in our community, you know, being successful in college, being successful, like you were saying, even in, in trade school. They, they just don't because they don't have those, those life skills, which I feel in the charter schools, they, they put more of focus on that because they look at it, the child as a whole, and they provide them a lot of their... Um, their life skills, like, for example, my son goes to um, one of the public charter schools here at Samali Academy, you know, and, and they teach him about uh, economics, and they teach him about, you know, how to, like, write a check, how to really, you know, look at um, your um, financial literacy, because that's what really gets a lot of our kids in trouble when they graduate from high school, too, because they, they're not prepared with those skills. And, and um, I believe uh, that the charter schools are working, and that's why a lot of now the, the district schools are trying to mirror what the charter schools are doing. So they're bringing some of those programs into the district schools, but I believe they're still limited and their hands are tied because it's always the one that di dictates what happens in the classroom. It's not the teacher. It's the, the, the contract of the teacher's union. Yes, indeed. I, I heard a parent lamenting that, oh, you're not going to let my 
child graduate from high school, but he'll never make it in life unless he has a high school graduation degree. So they wanted to water down the standards. Boy, I tell you, that's self-defeating. You can't do that because it has to mean something. If you water it down, mm -hmm. then, then what, what good is that? So competition works and mentoring works, just like you say. So you also, in addition to the parent union project where people are wearing, wearing yellow scarves, etc., and good for you, and show up in <laughs> uniform, but you've also, and you're presently the director of what you call the California Policy Center. Uh, how has that started? What does it do? Okay, so I am the Executive Director of Education and Community Relations within the California Policy Center. And the California Policy Center is a nonprofit that we, you know, it's, uh, we focus on different um, um, projects, and mostly it's government transparency, and we challenge the bureaucracy of the, of the teachers' union and other unions that limit the, um, the opportunity for, for the, you know, private... Um, sector to succeed. Um, so the, the parent union, that's where, that's where I am in the lead on, is um, we're focused more on the education aspect on how to empower parents, how to ensure that we, you know, we, we give them the tools knowing that, you know, they have choices and options and how to, how to help them navigate the complex, complexity of the, of the school system. So it's uh, we um, the California Policy Center has been in existence, I believe, since 2012. So it's fairly new, and um, and they they've been uh, uh, I, I would say um, holding the uh, government accountable, and that's what it's about: accountability and trans um, and transparency. Okay. Have you heard of a um, of a uh, website that is called Transparent California? No, tell us that, about it. That, Transparent California, it was also a project of the California Policy Center along with another um, organization where that's where you can go and check every public employee in the state of California what their benefits um, and their salaries are because many public employees will tell you they don't make enough money. But here, though, you can see, you know, what, what it is that they're, they're reporting to the federal. You can see all of their all of their their salaries and their benefits, their bonuses and everything. So that's when, you know, parents um, always tell me, you know, but the teachers say they don't have enough money. I say, here's a website. I want you to check it out. And this is, this is information that's reported from the school districts to the, to the federal government. So we're, we're not making things up. So that has really waking up a lot of parents to say, what? I thought, you know, the, the district had no money. I said, no, the district has, they don't have priorities for our kids, but they do have the money. So it's www.transparentcalifornia.com or something like that? Correct. Correct. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you a story. It's a little off the point, but not really. Uh, I was, when I was still on the bench, we had a holiday party, and all of the people in the court system would go for that lunch. And at the, at the end of it, the presiding officer would say, well, all right, all the clerks stand up and we'd applaud, and all the bailiffs stand up and we'd applaud, and a few others. And then he said, well, all of the people in, in admin, please stand up. And I swear to you that about a third of the people in the room all stood up. And, and I asked the presiding judge a couple of weeks later, well, do you remember this happened? Why? Who, what do these people do? And he looked at me and said, Jim, I really don't know. 
The problem is, and it's like in the school district as well, when you have the state so involved, they have a bureaucracy there. Then you have the federal government there. They have a bureaucracy there. And then they have to make themselves busy, make themselves, you know, ostensibly doing something. So they require the schools, the school districts to provide all this information. And they spend so much time and energy, in effect, shuffling papers that is not used to help teachers teach. And in fact, the administration in, in the courthouse didn't help me try my cases. It was just a bureaucracy churning along a lot of information. And that's, again, what you find in the public schools because of the involvement with the, the various governments, instead of actually boots on the ground, put the money toward the teaching of our students. I assume that you have found that as well? Correct, yeah, both at the uh, district and at the at the city level. There's it's just, just so, mo- so much... Um, I would say waste of our taxpayers' money because we have the. It's just like they make up positions <laughs> just to ensure that they get the same um, level of funding the next year. It's just outrageous because I'm like, why do we need an assistant to the assistant of the assistant? <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. And the good thing is, it's just like trying to justify their positions, which is, it's sad. Okay, well, I'm going to enlist your assistance if I could, Cecilia Iglesias, uh, as your in your, your involvement with the California Policy Center, and any of our audience, so please communicate with me. It's uh, Jim P. Gray at sbcglobal.net, or you can find me through my website, uh, www.judgejimgray.com. I'm going to approach the ACLU, the NAACP, MALDEF, other groups that are fine groups that, that want to support the downtrodden those that are discriminated against, those that are being stepped on in our society, why are these groups not rallying for school choice because it's the children of the people that they ostensibly represent that are being hurt by this, they're being frustrated, they're being discriminated against by failing schools. Can you tell me at all, Cecilia, why you feel the ACLU, which is a good group, I don't always agree with them, but the NAACP, representing a lot of African Americans, MALDEF, which represents a lot of Hispanics, are not crying out, wearing your yellow scarves and and marching for school choice. Why aren't they doing that? Do you know? Well, my experience with them, and also there's another group called LULAC, which is League of United Latin American Citizens. Um, it's civil civil rights um, group. Um, what they, they are, I believe, they lost their focus and they've been entrenched by individuals who belong to, um, like the teachers union, individuals who belong to all the other labor unions, public employee unions, and they have um, not been able to carry on their mission of why they they were started, and so it's it's very hard for them to. Um, to stay focused on what's really the best interest of their constituents that they're trying to serve. And uh, in my opinion, they have become very uh, liberal, left-leaning organizations that if somebody that comes in with more moderate, you know, um, conservative leanings, they, they kind of like um, look, at, look at us like in a way like, what are you doing here? Um, I used to belong to LULAC in the past, and... Uh, many of them thought that, you know, just by the way I, I was conducting myself, they thought I was a Democrat. <laughs> and then I'm like, and I'm like, no, I said, I am, you know, once they found out that I was a Republican, they were very shocked. But it's like, right, it's like, why are you shocked? Is you just do the right thing? It shouldn't be about party. But unfortunately, these organizations have become very partisan, and they they don't really um, stay true to their mission. And but that's because the 
labor unions, public uh, sector unions have have gotten a stronghold on them. And, and if you look at a lot of their donations, they, they come from a lot of, um, um, you know, like sec- public sector unions. So I just I just feel that they, they've lost their, their focus. And, of course, but they're the ones that take advantage of our, you know, minorities in our communities. And they're, 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 they'll be the ones that will be out there saying, you know, we're, we're holding the flag for civil rights, we're holding the flag for this. But um, education... Um, a true um, education, excellent education, it is a civil right. But, of course, they, they say, okay, yeah, we'll get it, and they'll try to say, let's try to change the system. But they, there is change to the system. You know, how about choice? But, you know, with them, because it, it doesn't fit their narrative, they will never support school choice. And that's why the NAACP has been fighting it for the longest time. They even put a um, moratorium on charter schools. And um, also LULAC, you know, they, they, they just ignore and dodge the, the question. So I'm hoping that, you know, individuals, that's why we, with the parent union, we're educating parents, letting them know that, you know, when it comes to um, being civically involved, know who are the people that are standing on your side. Don't just go for, you know, the D, the, the R, whatever it is, you know, the, the um, party affiliation. Go by the person that represents your values and represents your interests. So Indeed. that's those so, are one of the things that um, we focus on with also with the parent union, just educate, educating parents on who stands for who. Well, you've mentioned an, uh, political parties, indeed, but but I'm a libertarian because I believe in libertarian values, and we don't we wouldn't gain by being involved in government. But actually, the two large parties uh, get a lot of power and money because they're involved with government. But I would commend you, Cecilia Iglesias, as well as our other listeners that have not done this, go to the website isidewith.com, and you can take a test. They have something like 25 questions. It's private, and they'll ask you different things, and then you'll see where you fit on the political spectrum. If you believe in free choice, if you believe in excellence, if you believe in competition, uh, as well as you know a safety net to take care of, of all of our people, I think you're going to find surprisingly high involvement with libertarians, but I'm going to ask you, and this wasn't scripted at all, Cecilia, but I'm, I would like to write an op-ed piece, try to get it in the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times or, or someplace, talking directly an open letter to MALDEF, to the NAACP, to the ACLU, talking about this issue and, and demanding that they investigate and support school choice. Would you co-write that with me? I think we'd be a great team. Oh, my God, that would be amazing. It would be an honor. Yes. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, there, there has to be. Yeah. Thank you for taking the lead. Well, I'm more uh, kind of the philosophical above, above approach. You're the boots on the ground, so I think we could make a great team, and that would be a marvelous contribution, I think, that, that we can make. And I'd ask, again, anyone listening, if you'd like to participate, you have ideas, you'd like to help us distribute this information, contact me through my website, judgejimgray.com. But I'm proud to say, at least from my perspective, that school choice is kind of starting to sweep the country. Uh, I told you about my experience in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That was back in 2000. 2012, uh, but also the state of Indiana, uh, Louisiana, or at least New Orleans, uh, Florida, were starting to make a difference and, and starting to make progress. Do you note that as well, or are your eyes pretty much just on Orange County, California, Ms. Iglesias? No, across, across the nation, it is taking off, but unfortunately here in California, because it was taking off, now the state legislate, le- legislators have um, 
put like a stop to it. I don't know. I don't know if you're familiar, but last year they had some um, bills that went at anti-charter um, bills, and uh, they're making it more difficult for parents to have choices here in California because they're seeing that parents have been informed and they have been um, woken up, and that they were choosing. Um, other options like charter schools and homeschooling and online learning, and they were they were you know they're declining enrollment in their district schools. So they're you know it's everything. It just comes down to money. So um, so right now they they're making it harder for the charter schools to operate and to even open up. So I'm hopeful that um, that you know with education and um, within our community, our, our parents and our community will be able to vote individuals into, you know, those positions that will be supportive of school choice. Um, I'm hopeful that um, parents are waking up, and I think what's going to take is going to take most likely like a um, proposition or a measure that's going to go statewide for people to vote. Because these were done, you know, by the legislators because they're controlled by the the unions versus if you take it to the voter, I know the voter would vote for school choice. So I'm hoping that, you know, we're, we stay, stand strong and then all of us, you know, different groups that believe in school choice come together and form the stronger coalition here in California and we make it happen here too. Well, it's happening because of good people like you in, in so many ways. And on behalf of us all, Cecilia Iglesias, thank you for what you're doing. But you, you'd mentioned homeschooling. I believe in parental choice. I believe in, in excellence and competition. It would be quite an undertaking, it seems to me, to be homeschooling your child. It's a real commitment and important that they're not just sloughing off. But what's your experience as to the, the capabilities and, and progress in homeschooling? Is that included? I, for the homeschoolers, I, I know we uh, there's some parents that just love it uh, because you know they have the time, they have the ability to stay home and you know stay up with you know with with their with their child, and also they get support too from different um, from in, 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 uh, from organizations or I would say like charter schools that uh, that help them like with the curriculum and stuff like that. So they 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 have support. It's not for everyone. But for those parents that choose that, I, I believe is um, it, it's a good option. Good indeed. Well, we just have a couple of minutes remaining, uh, Cecilia Iglesias. How can people get in touch with you, your California Policy Center, your parent union project to either support you or get more information from you? How can our audience do that? Yes. Okay. Online, we have the parent union um, website, which is www.parentunion. Dot org, so it's all one word, uh, parentunion.org, or the California Policy Center is www.californiapolicycenter.org, all one word. And uh, that's, you know, that's our website. Um, my phone number at the office is area code 714-573-2208. And for those of you who have social media, we're on um, Facebook uh, under the Parent Union and you'll see, uh, you know, all the activities and everything that we um, that we do throughout our week, and how we engage with our community and with our parents. And you'll see, you'll see us all with our yellow scarves and the parent union logo, which is it's um, says parent union um, power in the collective voice because we believe there's um, power in the collective voice of parents. Once again, Cecilia, thank you for sharing your your thoughts with us. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for being a guest on All Rise. We, On behalf of our, our country, we thank you. This is critically important that we provide excellence in education to all of our children. 
and and let them see that yes, I too have the expectation of success. I too, can, I didn't know I could do this, but now I know I can. Because if you believe you can, you're much more likely to try, and you're much more likely to succeed. So once again, with our appreciation and our thanks to Cecilia Iglesias of the uh, California Policy center. Uh, there you have it. Uh, and we all know that a lot of bad things are happening in this world and the failing of our educational system to so many of our students is certainly one of them. But there are good things happening too. I'm optimistic. She is optimistic. We're going to make this progress. Please be involved. Please help us. And if we do that, once again, we can what? We can all rise together. That's what we talk about on All Rise here. We're willing to discuss anything take on the special vested interest, that's fine, but, but there's a place, for, of course, for that. But there's also a place for excellence. We need parental involvement. We need your involvement, just like our guest, Cecilia Iglesias. So tune in again next week for another session. We'll be discussing issues of our day and take the gloves off. We, again, discuss anything. We appreciate feedback, and so it's just we're going to contribute to make our country and our people better. So this is Judge Jim Gray saying thank you for being with us, and as always end the show, I will say, and I mean it, life is good. Thanks for listening today. All Rise, the Libertarian Way with retired Judge Jim Gray can be heard every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We know you'll want to join us again next week and tell your friends that help is on the way. Strengthen my bonds that help us stand strong. We are Americans all. Strengthen my bonds that help us stand strong. Oh